He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You now listen to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, y'all. I got my man, GB. Greg Biggins, what up? What up, Keith? How you feeling today, baby? I'm kind of jealous. Why is that? Talk you, to you got me. a kind of cool shirt on over there, and I'm wearing this uh, this old raggedy, you know, thing. And I'm just wondering, where, you know, where's my love? Where's my shirt? Hey, listen. I gotta be tra- my own shirt? The Transparent Truth t-shirt's coming to a store near you. Greg got, Benz, don't worry. I'm do gonna I take need to buy you. my own t-shirt? You know what? I might need you to put something on it, but I got you, though. Okay. I got you. Don't worry okay. about that. So we want to get started with today's show, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. We got we got recruiting news, notes from GB. He's going to hit you up, let you know what's good. We got our top performers. Got a big list, man. Guys balled out, did their thing this past week. We got our sleeper of the week. We're going to recap, analyze the top games from last week. We got our really bruh segment. We're going to preview the upcoming games for this Thursday, Friday. The GB's going to give us his final thoughts. And then we're going to bring the show to a close. But without further ado, it's time to get this party going, baby. GB, we got recruiting news. What you got for us? We got kind of a lot of recruiting notes. Let's go. Out of honor ball this past weekend. Had a chance to talk to a lot of top kids, but had a couple of new commitments, two commitments to be exact. Josh Madison, Newberry Park, kind of a two-way guy. Uh, he's going to be playing defensive back for Iowa State University. Nice. Nice fit for Josh. Nice kid, kind of guy you want to root for. Uh, and Iowa State, I think that fits him. But Josh is a guy, safety, corner, nickel. He kind of said he's coming in as, as basically a safety, corner, nickel. He's going to sure. kind of move around in the secondary. And then last night, this is big, uh, Jahan Dotson, from Pennsylvania, officially visited UCLA and committed to the Bruins. Wow. This is a guy who, who it seemed like UCLA was kind of surging for him, but this is a guy who, you know, Penn State, Ohio State, I mean, he had a lot of schools back east. This is a Scout 100 kid, a really elite receiver. UCLA, you know, kind of came into this year needing receivers badly. Uh, I think this is number four for them now at the receiver position. CJ Parks and Kyle Phillips. Devin Cooley. Devin Cooley. So that's four guys, and they're still in on several others. Sure. Devin Williams, Chase Coda, Brian Addison. So, a big need. Uh, I'd say, shoot, if you're UCLA, take them all, right? Absolutely. Chase Cota wants to come. You say no. Amon Ross St. Brown wants to come. You say come no. Come on, come all. Yeah, you, you, they need some guys there. So, uh, Jahan Dotson, obviously, he saw that big comeback, and his whole family is able to come out and see Westwood for the first time. So, uh, nice pickup for them. Had a handful of guys took official trips as well. Nebraska hosted two of our guys from California, Isaiah Crocker from up in Northern California. Zay, what up? Shout out to our boy, Coach T. And then Ashari Crosswell from Long Beach Poly also visited Nebraska. Uh, I think Nebraska is actually in a pretty good spot for both those guys right now. With Crosswell, uh, he's got a handful of schools that he's involved with as well. Washington, Colorado, UCLA, USC. He kind of told me prior to that trip, we'll take all of his trips. Not, not in a hurry to, to make a decision. Uh, Crocker, you know, I think Oregon, Oregon State. Are in that he has a top five that also includes UCLA and Bama, but I don't really know how involved UCLA and Bama are. So Oregon, Oregon State, I think they'll both get trips. Watch out for Oregon State. Mm. Again, you you know you know Coach T and that sure. program has been a nice been a nice little feeder into Oregon State the last couple of years. They got a couple of their players last year, so Oregon State might be a bigger threat than Oregon. 
And then, but Nebraska, you know, really wowed the kid and he had a great time. So watch out for the Huskers. Your old team from back in the day, you told me you grew up big time fan. Oh yeah, I was a big 90s Huskers guy, no question about it. Uh, Dallas Taylor Cortez from Chaminade High School visited Iowa State and he loved it so much. The war on the street was he nearly committed. He wanted to. We kind of held back just a touch. Just a little bit. You don't want to commit on your trip. Yeah. You, just, you don't want to make that emotional. Unless it's your fifth trip. Right. If it's your, <laughs> if it's your first one, no, no, you, no. you don't want to make that an emotional decision. So I think, you know, it's smart for the family to take, take a step back. You know, every trip is going to be fun. Wine and dine. Great food. Sure. Great women. Should I emphasize that a little bit more? I mean, it's a great time, right? Sure. No so, doubt. Uh, he's going to visit Utah, Washington State, which also, you know, both those schools are really, t- really good. So, uh, but Iowa State really made a big impression on Dallas Taylor Cortez. Uh, Real Mitchell is a guy that he uh, he's close with, and and so uh, uh, Josh Madison also, who just committed to Iowa State. Kyle Gordon, Pacific Northwest. Uh, he took a visit to Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame also made a pretty big impression on Kyle Gordon. TCU and Washington are also involved there. Gordon is one of the best two-way players in the whole entire West Coast region. Elijah Winston's that kind of thing with the Pacific Northwest. Winston also visited UCLA. Uh, Jahan Dotson and Winston were the two guys who officially visited. Uh, Oregon, Cal, Utah, kind of the other schools involved with Winston. But I think right now UCLA might be the team to beat. Uh, Oregon has his older brother there. Uh, like I mentioned, Cal. And then Utah. He's got some family that kind of or some family people around him who, who think Utah might be a, a good place for him. But I think UCLA did a, a nice job with Elijah Winston. And then just some of the guys we talked to uh, over the weekend. I'll try to get through this quickly. Isaac Taylor Stewart, he said the one visit he knows he'll take will be to LSU. Oregon and Alabama are recruiting him the hardest. USC, Texas A&M. Those are his schools right there. Brian Addison has set trips in September to Nebraska, ASU, Michigan. He's going to set UW, Washington Huskies, UCLA, USC involved with Mr. Brian Addison. Amon Ross St. Brown told me he's going to visit Notre Dame October 21st when they host USC. Nice. That's going to be a big weekend for the Irish. They'll probably host a lot of their top guys there. St. Brown also said Stanford, UCLA, USC, and Michigan. That's kind of like the five that he's kind of focusing on right now. Uh, Merlin Robertson has a visit to Oklahoma in two weeks. They have a bye, so perfect time to go take a visit, right? Merlin. Uh, Also, LSU, Oregon. BYU, it's an LDS kid. Nice. Uh, those are his schools. Uh, shout out to Ryan Helinski. Got an offer from South Carolina. Orange Lutheran has been rolling. Ryan's playing great football, so happy for him, the whole family. Uh, Solomon Tulipupu, modern day, told me the schools he's focusing on. Actually, he kind of made a point to say he's not really focusing on recruiting at all. He's focusing on modern day football right now. I mean, he had his game face on a half hour after that game was over. He was still ready to go. So he didn't want to talk too much about recruiting, but he did say Notre Dame, Ohio State, Washington are the three schools he knows he will visit. Also likes Oregon, Georgia, Bama, Michigan, and then USC is the local school. He probably won't officially visit there. He'll probably unofficially visit sure. the Trojans. Mace Funa, how good was he? Very good. We'll talk about those guys later on when we do our top performers. But Mace has, uh, not a top two, he's only a 2019 kid, but he says BYU is heavily involved. He's an LDS kid. That's the church school. He called Oregon his dream school. Uh, both those schools have offered, along with Oklahoma and Utah. Shoot, if I'm watching that game against Gorman, I'm offering him right now. I think Mace is really, really good. Julius Irving will visit Notre Dame this weekend. Julius is having a big-time season. Every game he's making plays on both sides of the ball. So he's got Notre Dame this weekend. He's got Georgia next weekend. Hmm. 
Michigan, Utah, and USC. That's his five right there. Michigan, Utah, USC, Notre Dame, and Georgia. And last but not least, Max Williams. I talked about for the game, and he was exhausted. He was going both ways and returning punts, and he could barely breathe when I was talking to him. The poor guy, he played a great game. But he said he's gotten text messages September 1st. For those curious, September 1st is the first day that 2019 recruits can get phone calls and text messages. I asked him, hey, who's been calling, texting? He said, everybody's been calling. But he gave me USC, Notre Dame, Washington, ASU, Utah, Alabama, have all reached out to him, uh, asked about games that he might want to go see out of state, out of California. He said he definitely wants to go check out LSU for a game. And he opened up the, opened up the possibility of potentially making an early decision. And, and I can see that happening. You know, I think the school that's always been mentioned with him was USC uh, for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's local. Number two, he goes to Sarah, which we used to spell S-C-E-R-R-A because <laughs> of the pipeline they had. And, and, and again, I think Max is the kind of kid, he doesn't need to have you know, a, a lot of drama around his recruitment. I can see him. Once he knows, he might just go ahead and say, you know what? I'm tired of the whole process. I'm just going to end it right now. So no guarantees. Not saying it's going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me if it did. And if he does make an early decision, maybe after his season, I think USC is probably in a good spot from there. And those are kind of the recruiting notes for this week, Coach Keith. GB, great job, my man. Thank you, sir. Thank you for keeping us up to date and up to speed on offers, new commits, and who's reaching out to who. Just a quick touch, Jahan Dotson. Got a chance to watch him, the East Coast receiver who committed to UCLA. He's special. Yeah, would you break, break him down? What'd you think? Wow. You talk, I've never seen him. Explosive athlete with good size, elite ball skills, and extremely versatile. Hmm. Can with the ball in his hands from any position. He played quarterback in the slot out wide. Balls in his hands. He's got terrific vision, great running instincts. He was a natural pass catcher. I mean, just sucks the ball in with his hands and gets moving quickly after the catch. He's got size. He's long. I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous athlete with great vertical speed. I mean, he's somebody UCLA needs, not now, but right now. Yeah. Uh, I could see him playing very, very early. Really good football player. To me, he's got special ability. If you get a chance, check him out. Jahan Dotson out of Pennsylvania, the new UCLA commit from this past weekend. So we're going to move on to our top performers. We got top performers. I got a big list. Greg Bengens, I got a big list. Let's go. I want to start it off. 2019 running back about a Lawndale High School, Jordan Wilmore. He blew oh up gosh. against St. Bonaventure <laughs> this past weekend. Coached by Tony Henney. Coached by St. Bonaventure. <laughs> to- coached by Tony Henney. Okay, want to make sure that's clear. But Jordan Wilmore, he blew up wearing number one. Four, excuse me, he had three touchdowns, over 150 yards. He had some really, really eye-opening runs uh, where he's bouncing off a guy, spinning, making guys miss, running that. over guys. That was like one of the plays that was all over Twitter. And, and just some context, Greg, I knew I recruited when I was a coach, Jordan, out of eighth grade. Knew he was going to be a special football player. He played at Inglewood Pop Warner. Huh. And... Yeah, he. We were all in on him. We knew how good he was gonna be. But I didn't know high schools re- recruited though. It doesn't just go to whatever school. You guys recruit? Come on now. 
Because we attracted. There you go. We were trying to attract go. Jordan to come to where okay. we were at. But, I mean, just, he's, a, he's a special little running back. Let me tell you, uh, he's got a physical body, a physical presence. Really good. What you got over there, GD? Yeah, I mean, Travis Clark's a buddy, and uh, he told me about him a couple years ago. And then he, I saw him at the Nike camp, and he blew up. Oregon's offered him. But that, that guy, dude, that, just that play alone. And, again, you don't want to be a guy who's going to evaluate just off a highlight tape. But that play right there shows you everything you need to see. No doubt. How about Murrieta Valley? How about a nice bounce back game for both Hank Bachmeyer and Marquis Spiker had a school record, six touchdown catches. Wow. That's not bad. Again, that's a pretty solid season for some guys. 13 catches, 194 yards, and six touchdowns. And big Hank threw for 338 and seven touchdowns. And got an Ole Miss offer after that game was over. So, Hank, proud of you. You rallied. You had a tough loss in week zero. You rallied. You came back. And, and Marquis Spiker going to UW. Washington Huskies got themselves a very good football player in Marquis Spiker. Some more top performers. I want to go take you to the modern-day Gorman game, which we all know was number one versus number two. Going to start off with who I thought was the star stars on Friday night in the big game, Horace Brew McCoy. The kid was outstanding, playing defensive end, rushing a passer. I thought he was unblockable. Most times, as a receiver, he got vertical behind defense, made plays. Um... I mean, he was just outstanding. To me, he was the best player on the field, regardless of position. He dominated, I thought, on both sides of the ball. Shout out to him. JT Daniels threw for over 300 yards, dropped some dimes in the bucket late uh, to Brew McCoy. But I thought he had an overall just a really good game, got out the pocket, made another kind of sick run that you don't really see much from JT, but he's really yeah, won me over with his two athletic weeks in a row ability. Now, sure. Maybe that's become habit he, forming for him. He's, he's running and busting. Um, Want to shout out Nico Remigio, two touchdown catches, over 100 yards receiving. Thought he was a terrific route runner. The play he caught the the dig route, he took the vertical stretch on his route, stuck it to the seven route to the corner, created the separation, came back across on the six inside, left the DB sniffing daisies, made a big time catch, big time throw by JT. So shout out to Nico Marie, excuse me, Remigio. It's a lot of math in that route. It was a lot of math, but, you know, being a, being a ball coach, that's where it comes from. It's all logic. Miles Moreau, Tommy Brown, I thought stood Let's out name on the all offensive five. line. Name all five. They're all, yeah, all five yeah, guys. All five were Man. great. Um, Mason Kolinchek, Tommy Brown, Chris Murray, Miles Moreau, Koa Gonzalez. All five guys. Tremendous. I thought they, they controlled the line of scrimmage against Gorman. They really put the clamp on uh, the outstanding linebacker. They blocked well in the run game. They had over 150 yards mm-hmm. rushing, I believe. JT threw for a shoot me 300 plus. Modern day offensive line thought you guys were no doubt top performers. So shout out to you guys. I was kind of hoping we'd save that game for last, just because there's so much to go on it. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up again. The, the the five guys up front were so good, and if you had to name an MVP, I just that unit was tremendous. Cause JT sat back there with a clean pocket. I think the only time he got hit was on a missed block by a running back. Jesse Zapolo, who I saw at the honor ball, pointed that out to me because he trains all those guys. So you got a, a four-time Super Bowl champion training them. That, that's pretty good. That's, that's, that shows you why they're so talented. Now, I was so impressed with Tommy on that left side. Adam Plant, really good pass rusher for Bishop Gorman, got stymied. Miles Moreau on the other side was equally as good. They were strong on the interior. They really were, were, were tremendous defensively. We talked on the way here. It was like watching what well, Long Beach Poly old school team, just guys flying all over the ball. I mean, you mentioned uh, 
mentioned Big Brew, but how about Nathan Lagaleo? How many hits did he get on the quarterback? At least five. Mace Fona, how many hits did he get? At least five. You know, solo. And then secondary, you had Darian Green Warren with the pick six. How many plays did Zion Alifazio make? Uh, Elias Ricks, that young, they're going to get better and better and better. So I kept saying, man, if you want to get Martin, you better get him now because those guys are going to, by the end of the year, they're, they're not sophomores anymore. They're ready thought, right now. I thought by JT the way. again. The thing I loved about JT is the honesty between him and his pops and said, you know what? This is back in the spring. So we don't want to play a ton of seven on seven because that's not going to help JT. We know what he needs to do. He needs to get athletic, he needs to get more, better pocket mobility. Better uh, ability to escape pass rush and make a play with his legs. They were upfront and honest with that. So people say, "Oh, JT," they know that, you know. So they worked on it all spring and all summer, getting quicker, short area quickness, making guys miss, making a run ten yards. You don't need a run for fifty, although he ran for thirty two weeks ago. Yeah. But if you can make a guy miss, eyes on the field, make a play. That's all you need to do. So JT really impressed with not just his arm and, and the clutch. And again, listening to the podcast. Even though you made the call to Gorman, you said JT at some point in the clutch we need to make a ball a throw down the field in the clutch, and he did that. He did, and we'll touch on that later. I don't want to jump ahead, but Mister uh, Gorman, let's switch over to them since we're talking about modern day, right? Sure. Uh, I got some some people calling and saying, you know, I wasn't really impressed with the Gorman quarterback, and I was like, are you joking? That was just in the first half. Sure. I came out of that game more impressed with, with Dorian than I was before the game because I was on the Gorman sideline and I saw how beat up he was. This guy got hit, not just in the pass plays, but he was doing a ton of zone reads. They were running this guy and he was getting shot after. Sh- and these were not, these were clean hits that he was getting. I mean, Lagaleo, Mace, they were coming clean and just like blowing him up. Yep. And he was getting, you know, but he, he never flinched. He did. And he rallied those guys. He showed all the physical tools, and again, for people at home who don't really understand recruiting, offers, rankings, it's not about how good you are now or how good you look now, it's how good you project. He showed the arm, he showed the toughness, he showed the athletic ability, he showed the moxie, the leadership, all of that. I mean, if you watch that game, man, you want to play with this guy, right? No doubt. Brevin Jordan. I mean, again, arguably, you know, the top tight end, and he was he was really good. Yeah. Walked up the field. Some of my already coaches were like, that's the guy we, we said, you know, circled, and we still couldn't stop him. I mean, he was tremendous. And then they had a receiver. Can I say, say, say his name? I know you're going to. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Cedric, Cedric Tillman, I thought, was, was, was tremendous. Well, you'll get more on him later. But, you know, big target who really had a, a great game. So, you know, defensively, you know, Gorman made some plays, but there wasn't a whole lot of resistance. So, the, you know, players that stood out for me mostly were those offensive guys. How about Etiwanda? Gotta give a shout out for Jordan Porter. Jordan Porter. Guy for me was a track guy two years ago. Track guy playing football. Not no more. Dude, now he's a football player. Happens to run track. How about seven catches for two, 16, four touchdowns? Yep. He is a legitimate 10 6 guy who might go 10 4 this year. Dad's a track, track guy from USC, so he knows how to run. But dude, he's putting the whole deal together now. He can play. He's going to visit Notre Dame. I should have mentioned that in the uh, recruiting. He's visiting Notre Dame this weekend as well. That's going to be a, a nice little weekend for the Irish. But Jordan Porter, Porter stepping up. Showing why he has all those offers from schools back in the SEC and some local ones too. So nice job for Jordan Porter. I got one from Upland. Go with it. How about David Baldwin? Second week in a row. The franchise. He had six touchdowns. In the first in half. In one half. <laughs> in one half. Oh, yeah. So congrats to you, David. Again, light bulb starting to come on, and, and Upland looks very good. Absolutely. Uh, let's go with La Habra High School. Skyler okay. Taylor. Oh, nice. 290 yards, seven touchdowns. Woo. That's a top performer in my book. So shout out to <laughs> Skyler Taylor, 290 and seven tubs. 
He really did his things. How about this one? 2020 quarterback Jonathan Martin out of Culver City. Greg, listen to this. The guy threw for 516 yards and five touchdowns. He also ran for 107 yards and two touchdowns. That's 623 yards of total offense. It's seven touchdowns. That's a lot of math <laughs> once again, but I'll take that, dude. That's big time. They got some good receivers over at Culver City, too. Charles Ross, and they got some dudes, so nice job by him. Yeah, no doubt about it. So shout out to Jonathan Martin, man. I saw him last year as a freshman quarterback. Knew he's going to be really good. Uh, he played, started varsity last year. He's having a, a, a huge sophomore campaign to kind of get the season, season rolling. So shout out to that guy. Brandon Rankins. Running back from Aquinas High School in San Bernardino. On my list right here. 275 yards, three touchdowns, and a big win versus Crespi. I I did with five touchdowns. Did he have five? Maybe it was four. Okay, hey. Split split the difference. It's still pretty good. (laughs) Whatever it was, he he balled out. Dude, what's going on with Crespi? Was it just a few years ago? They had sticking Jalen Starks and Marvell Tell, and they were competing. Now they're losing no disrespect to Aquinas. But you shouldn't be beating up my guys from Crespi and Troy Thomas. Well, a couple things there, Greg. Crespi's not getting the guys they used to get. Obviously. And Aquinas is a defending CIF champion. Yeah, but what division are they in? Yeah, but they beat a really good losinger team last year in the championship. Okay. Crespi ain't that hot. Jeez. Just saying. Let's Shout move right to along. Yeah, move it, move it along. Who else you got? I got Trillian Harris, our freshman sensation. Okay. From Chaparral. Okay. The freshman phenom threw for 220 yards and three touchdowns on six completions. You know what was so beautiful? I wanted to mention him, too, because I got a, I got a DM from my guy, Coach Raymer, over at Chaparral, and said, hey, he called Transparent Truth Mojo. He called that. He said, you guys gave Trillian some Transparent Truth Mojo. He, he gave me those stats, but he, he credited us. We're the reason why Trillian did so well, because the mojo, because we talked about him the week before. I said, good kid. He goes, great kid. Leader. He's like, even the upperclassmen follow this guy. So if you're a freshman and you have upperclassmen that are following you, you're doing something right. So Trillian, nice job, man. Stay humble. Stay hungry. Keep leading. Dude, love it. That's awesome, though. Hey, hey. That's we got awesome. to get that kid on the transparent truth, man. That's love right there, man. We got we to have to get him on here. Go ahead. What you got? Give me some more, GB. Top performance. Long Beach Poly. I have been. You, you've been mentioning Jermaine Lowley, one of my favorite guys. I've been kind of quiet on Jermaine because it wasn't official yet. I was kind of saying, okay. Oh. So I actually did a story on Jermaine a couple weeks ago. That you couldn't put out. I, and I put it up. And they said, hey, take it down. Yeah. So he was cleared. But they didn't want to. They didn't want anyone else to really know he's at Poly. Sure. Um, but, uh, dude, he came out physical game against Narbonne. Talked to some of my Narbonne guys. They said we couldn't block him. Three tackles for loss, two sacks in his opener. And that was one of the reasons why he, he went to Paul. He said he wanted to play in these kind of a games. Yeah. I, I still think he, you know, you don't leave my guy Michael Fletcher ever. He did it anyway. Heartbroken emoji. But, hey, Jermaine Lowley, big. Yeah, now now I'll, I'll talk about him now that, it's, now that it's good to go. I mean, this guy brings so much to the table from Long Beach Poly off that edge. And, again, he's like, we we tried to do so many different things. We ran at him. We ran away from him. We couldn't block him. He could have had even more tackles for loss because he was always, always around the ball. So, nice job by Jermaine Lowley. And then Matt Corral, rough first half, came through in the second half. Clutch throws down the stretch. They were down. Mark of a good quarterback is how do you do when your team's down? It's late in the fourth quarter. You need to make a play. Who makes the play? Matt Crowell made the plays. A couple of long third-down conversions. Led the team down. Game-winning touchdown. So, nice job for Matt Corral. St. John Bosco had kind of an easy one. Yeah, tell me about it. But we still had St- Stephen Blaylock with the second pick of the year. Pick six to the house. 
DJ Ugalele got some run. Oh, yeah. Two touchdowns, played in three drives, led him to all touchdowns in all three of those drives. And Real Mitchell, seven for seven. That's hard to do against there. Yeah. 116 yards and a couple touchdowns. So okay. nice job by some of the Bosco guys. That was kind of a laugher for them. I heard that the guard system they played only made it past the 50-yard line late in the fourth quarter. So you got to assume a lot of subs. Hey, where, a lot where, of subs where, in that game. Where's Garces from? I think from? it's Bakersfield. I think. Okay, send them back to Bakersfield in a milk carton. You know, they're, they're not a terrible program, but man, they came. They played against an angry, an angry Bosco team. I felt bad for whoever they were, were going to be going up against. Yeah, they came out here and got smacked. They, they did. Go back to Bakersfield, Garces. Let's talk about some of the Sarah guys that I saw. Kind of a wild game, a shootout game. They played Narbonne the week before, and it was a pitcher's duel where no one was scoring. This time it was a basketball game where guys are going back and forth. Best I've ever seen Blaze McKibben throw. He threw for 389 and five touchdowns. Really stepped up, and he took some shots, dude. Shout out to Punahou. They got some dudes over there, some big old Polynesians that were coming after him. But Blaze, I think he really grew up in that game. Saw those big receivers for, for Sarah, Brian Addison, John Jackson, J.J., and Kobe Smith all had really good games. Uh, 100 yards, over 100 yards for both Kobe and J.J., and then Addison had three touchdowns, and they, all three were ridiculous. All three were basically you know, jumping over guys, using the 6-5 frame, close to the, close to the goal line. And I made the comment after the game was over, and I've been kind of trying to figure out and struggling with, you know, where do you play Addison in college? You know, we saw him just dominate, you know, probably the best seven-on-seven seven, seven safety that we saw. But my question was, with the 6'5 frame and as lean as he is, will he come downhill and hit you? Can he physically do it? Not just does he have the want to, but if you're that tall, you know, can you get the leverage to come down and you have a little bowling ball running at you? But watching him play a receiver and how gifted he is with those ball skills and just that fluidity, fluidity in his movement... I'm thinking receiver is his best college spot now. I'm kind of changing my opinion. I would I would recruit Brian Addison as a receiver from here forward. Let, let me make this declaration right here, right now, in the transparent truth. College coaches, do not recruit Brian Addison as a safety. He will be a receiver at the next level. He will be a special red zone threat at the next level. He is a mismatch waiting to happen at the next level. His length and athleticism, along with his body control and ball skills, are big time. He will not be a safety. He will be a wideout. Mark it down. Mark it down. Let's go with Ben Jefferson, the quarterback at Pacifica, Greg. Really like this guy. Okay. He's got some offers. I think he's got the service academies, so I think he has Army, Navy, Air Force. He's also got uh, University of New Mexico, so I think he's got four or five in the bank. Threw for 278 and two touchdowns. Ran for 78 and two touchdowns. A speedy dual threat in and out the pocket, but can really throw the football. I think his, his arm talent is underrated. I think he's he's nice down the field with his touch. He puts great arc on the ball, allows receivers to run underneath it. Had a great game this past Friday. So Ben Jefferson, the quarterback out of Pacifica. Let's take it to Chaminade. Do it. Chris Rankins, a guy I've been kind of raving about over the last couple of weeks. You have been. The cornerback, number two out of Chaminade, six feet, 185 pounds, super athlete. Had two interceptions last game. Has really started to hit his stride for the Chaminade defense. I mean, you talk about a guy that can get a foot over the rim dunking a basketball out there at six feet and 5'11", playing on the corner that can run and get vertical with stretch receivers. Really like this kid. Two big picks against Mountain Point. 
led the Chaminade defense. How about our guy Blake Anzalados? How many tackles for Blake this past week? All of them? 32 tackles. Get out of here. No, I'm kidding. I would have believed you. Yeah, no. He's all over the field. I think Blake had 18 tackles. That's not bad. That's the report I got. 18 tackles for Blake Anzalados. Running sideline to sideline, playing with an angry demeanor. <laughs> he's Listen, he's out there trying to hurt other people's kids. If it and, wasn't for a football feelings, field, and their feelings if it at the wasn't same for a football time. field, he'd need to be arrested. Another big game for Andrew Van Buren with four touchdowns as well. My guy Blair was at that game, and he said Van Buren is really good. Like, he's downhill, he's tough, he's physical. Man, I can't wait for the game of the week this week. You know who they're playing, right? Who are they playing, GB? They're playing the St. John Bosco Braves. You can make an argument. I mean, I love modern day and Polly, but Shaman, not, not saying better, but just saying physical. In terms of just the physicality they play with on both sides and just their linebackers and just how they swarm and offensively their identity as an Ed Croson coach team. Yep. You could say these are the two most physical, not best, physical teams. This is going to be a slugfest. Ice bath for everybody after the game's over. Van Buren with four touchdowns for Chaminade. We're going to give that guy a nickname. Let's think on that. We'll think on that one. Yeah. Because we'll let think me tell you, that. he's getting four a game. He's running downhill, and guys don't want to get in his way. Shout out to the St. John Bosco defense. It's going down this Friday. Y'all better sure be is. ready. Let's move along. Who else you got? Did, did we talk about Stephen Barber? We haven't talked about talked, haven't talked Punaho just yet. Why don't you Why don't you give me okay? Why don't you so give me Barber's I know we talked numbers, Sarah? So yeah. let's go with Stephen Barber. We we talked on our drive over here. You talk about a guy blowing up. It was amazing. I Man, Stephen Barber went Vince Young against Sarah, and 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 let me just run the stat line down. Threw for three thirty five. Ran for a hundred plus, six total touchdowns against a talented, talented, and athletic Sarah defense who put the clamp on Narbonne, as you said, in a kind of a baseball slugfest the week before. Stephen Barber went off, and I heard he had a quarterback sneak for a hundred yards. That might be the longest quarterback sneak in the history of football. Unbelievable. You can't how many you can't beat 99 yards. Dude, it was a, I was on the other I was at that game honor ball, right? Nice job by those guys, Marine Corps. I was on the other end zone, right? Yeah. A little bit of shade there at that time. That's where I was. So, I've seen kind of a bunch formation. You know, Sarah just threw a pick at the 1-yard line. Not a bad throw by Blaze. You know, gave his receiver a chance. They made a play. So, 1-yard line. Game's essentially over. I'm, you know, big bunch expecting, you know, just surge forward for a yard. Do that three times, game's over. Sure. Instead of surging forward, Stephen kind of swerves to the left, gets con- breaks containment, and this guy is 6'3". So you guys set the stage. He's 6'3", and he's 225, and he looks like he's even bigger than that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm sitting there going, okay, wait. And you see a guy pop out of this rugby-like scrum, and you see Sarah guys, look, they're chasing this guy, and he's going 99 yards to the house for a dagger. That just, that was, the, it, that was, it, it was wait, surreal. Wait, wait, hold it on, was Greg surreal. Biggest, hold on. You mean to tell me a 6'3", 230-pound quarterback from Hawaii runs 99 yards against, untouched. as you, you say every week, Sarah's got great athletes against those great athletes? What did I say, happened? Did I say he was untouched? Oh I'm, not, I'm not laughing at Sarah at all. I'm just laughing at the whole moment and just, just, the, just the idea of just this big quarterback. Man, you have to see it to believe it. That that's pretty hilarious, dude. So Punahou, I I, I I was really impressed. 
I knew they would be. They're always big, right? But they got a bunch of really good underclassmen. Linebacker Mananoa Tufono was a guy who we already have in our Scout 100. Yeah, he actually their whole team was cramping. He actually missed the whole entire second half. He got cramped in the opening kickoff of the second half. Wow! And he missed the whole second half. But before then, he was he was tremendous. But they have guys whose names I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher, so I'm gonna be really careful. They got a running back who's 6'3", 225. His last name is Kafusi. All right, Kafusi. His first name is Hard. Hard Kafusi. So we're going to call him Kafusi. Oh, I thought his name was Hard Kafusi. Dude, for me, it's hard to say. It's S I T I V E N I. S I T I V E N I. Dude, my whole family's, my whole mom is, she's born in Maui. I should be able to rip these Polynesian names off so easily, man. That's my second, my favorite spot in the world is Hawaii. Sorry, got some Hawaiian man. blood in me. Sorry, brother. I can't say it, but Kafusi. Yeah, I'm gonna say this guy looked like Jerome Bettis. Sat the first half out. They had a he had a nurse nursing a sore hammy, and they unleashed him in the second half. Mind you, it's probably 100 degrees on that turf. It was so hot, coach. Yeah. It was so hot. Yeah. Sarah's defense was back and forth. They unleashed Jerome Bettis on him. And this guy was running downhill. Everything you said. About our boy Blake Gonzalez on defense. Yeah, this guy on offense. Nice. He was running with angry intentions, and he's only an underclass. 2019. This guy's a true fullback who's six three and he's two twenty. I-, I love this guy. They have a receiver. I heard later on he's committed to Princeton. His name was Andre. Last name was Hard. Andre Hard. I O S I V A S. I O Civis. I think. Okay. Andre Iosivis. He's 6'3". Okay. And he's 185. That's big dudes everywhere. 6'3", 185. And this guy was going deep. He was a possession guy. And this guy is a legitimate dude. Love the fact he's going to Ivy League. Because, I mean, he's... From a football standpoint, he's better than that. But from an academic standpoint, man, if my kid could go Ivy League, that'd be a done deal. Marist. Number seven on the field. Number one in your heart. Marist LaFowle. Marist LaFowle. This guy is also a 2019. He's a junior. 6'2", 185. He's playing linebacker. Okay. I love him as a safety, man. He's a lean kid, but he's physical. He's relentless. He pursues the ball. He's got the hair in the back of his helmet just flying all over the place. The guy was legit. And then they have yet another guy who's an underclassman. It was a corner. How about this for size? 6'3", and he's 180. Wow. And he's a corner. And he was bodying guys out of bounds. He was he was one of the guys that Brian Addison had a couple jump balls over. But you know what? Like, the coverage was perfect. There was really? no separation. It was just a great play. Right. Make, a great right. player right. making a great, great play. Yeah, sure. Right? Randy Moss made plays against great defensive backs. This guy was perfectly positioned. He actually batted down a couple balls. Okay. They tried Addison on him a little bit earlier. So he had a pick six. That was kind of the, that was the backbreaker. Oh. Big pick six in that game. So immediately the thought of 6'3", kid, okay, moving to safety. He's got kind of a lean body. You can actually see if he can develop his speed, but he's a, he's a guy to watch for sure. Did I even give his name? I, I didn't think I said his name. He's a 6'3", kid. Playing corner at Punahou. Give his us name his name. Is, his name is Kulana Makula. Kulana Makula. Maybe. Maybe it's Kulana Makala. Kulana Makala. Maybe. It could be one of those two. Kulana, whatever you're, however you say it, I'm a fan. I like the way you play. And uh, I- I'm going to be watching you for sure. He's only a junior, and he's 6'3", yeah. and he's 180. And those those Punahou kids, man, they will get out and camp. Man, that's so it. if you're a college man, yeah. 
Dude, they they will they love to camp. That's what they do. I think Stephen Barber went to like 80 different camps last year. 81 in a row. Like I saw him at UCLA's camp. I go, man, where are you? He's like, oh, I went to here, here, here. USC went to Oregon, went to Washington, and like it's just him and his buddy, and like no family's not around. Just they get on a plane, go, and they, they got they got they do it right, man. Out of out of Punahou. Lyman were good. Alama Yulave, he was one of our top centers. Uh, he, he, he was impressive. And they had a, Duke, a kid, Duke Clements, underclassman, 6'4", 250, playing left tackle. Again, the guy has a lot of ability as well. So Duke Clemens, 2019, 6'4", 250. I just ripped off the whole entire Puno roster almost. But all these guys I mentioned, I'm not going to repeat their names, but Duke Clemens is kind of easy. Junior, underclassman, 6'4", 250, playing left tackle. Looks mm-hmm. very good. Natural knee, nat- natural bender, yeah. uh, athletic, and they always play with that mean streak. So I like Punahou. They were good. Yeah, Punahou. Shout out to those guys. All those 2019 guys balling out. Really like that running back. Heard a ton about him. And this Clements kid sounds like he's a player. Moving right along, want to go to Bryce Farrell, the super sophomore over to Oaks Christian. Bryce balled out, had a big game. Seven catches, 183 in a tub. Shout out to the Oaks Christian super sophomore, Bryce Farrell. Nice shot, Bryce. Dynamic playmaker with the football. We're going to go to take it to Cerritos Valley Christian High School. Isaac Joseph, the quarterback. Isaac threw for four touchdowns. He was accurate to all levels of the field. Short, intermediate, and deep. This guy's got a dual threat ability. I wouldn't call him a dual threat quarterback. Like you said last what week. What would you call him, coach? I'd call him a quarterback that can move. There you go. You know what I mean? I know so, exactly what you mean. Isaac Joseph from Valley Christian. We're going to go with Darius Parentes from St. Francis. Threw for six touchdowns Friday night. His brother can ball in hoops. Yeah, no Big doubt. Time Virginia point guard. Oh, no question about it. Yeah. Darius got six touchdowns. He really showed out and did his stuff. Uh, you got anything else, GB? What you got? Well, I, I saw Centennial play IMG. A little that, bit. That was a little, little bit of an interesting game, but you know what? They're not, they're not from here anymore. But you still got to call out Bookie Radley. Yep. Book was. I've never seen a DB make more plays. And if, if I, if I hear another corner say, "Well, they didn't throw the ball to me, so I couldn't make plays." Wrong. This guy just he finds a way to make plays no matter what. Now they actually targeted him for whatever reason. You saw the game. They went after him probably ten times. Right. He had two pick sixes. One was called back on a block way behind the play. Jaw jacking the whole entire time, man. He was just going after that Centennial sideline for whatever reason. Well, because he's because he's bookie. Sure. But uh, dude, he's just a freak. He is such a good football player, man. He's so strong. They, t- they try to run his side. Um, he got blocked one time on a reverse that Gary Bryan took. Yeah. But every other play, man, he would take his receiver and just basically ragdoll him. Yeah. I mean, he's just so physical and tough. And, man, when you go up against him, it's a, it's a long night because he just, he'll talk to you, he'll hit you, he'll punish you, he'll cover the heck out of you, he'll make a play in the ball, he'll clutch and hold and grab you. And when you throw it to him, he'll pick, take it to the house and, yep. and take it. I, I thought he was tremendous. And, and, and seeing Xavier Thomas up close, you watch him at the opening, it just, he's, he's different. He's just a different level. And I didn't realize how big he was. I thought he might be a Dwight Freeney type, 261. He's 6'3. Yep. 260. He comes off that edge and he fly and he hit and he just plays so hard. He's physical. He's tough. I mean, he's gonna play a lot as a true freshman at Clemson next year. So IMG had a ton of dudes, but those two guys for me were IMG's two best players by a by a big, big margin. Sure. I want to shout out Trey Sanders, the it's running back. Trey. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I mean, his second week in a row, I remember Chandler, he broke a long one. He kind of broke Centennial's back this past week with a long one. I also want to shout out the SoCal native. 
TJ Pleasure. Brian Hightower, too, yeah. And, and Brian Hightower. Uh, Brian caught a bunch of balls mainly underneath. Um, I know he caught a touchdown, yep. kind of corner of the mm-hmm. end zone. Was a nice grab, kind of dragging that back foot. Thought TJ did a nice job breaking tackles. I would like to have seen TJ get some more carries. Yeah, I mean the game was out of hand at the very end there. Yep. Just guys making his hometown, you know, return. Give him the give him the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just give him the ball. He's, he's, if you're playing in Texas, give the guy from Texas the running, the, you know, the rock. Yeah, you're in Southern California. I would like to have seen TJ get some carries. You know, beautiful mom is there and stand. Just. Give him some love. Yeah. I would have thought so, but well, I, I thought they tried to. They ran kind of eh. a wildcat deal for him. Yeah, that I haven't seen from them. Yeah, um, but li- like you said, it was more like a you know Walter Payton in a Super Bowl versus the New England Patriots. <laughs> kind of give the guy yeah. the ball, let yeah. him score, right? Yeah. Uh, but shout out to our SoCal natives who are at IMG. They all came out here and played good football. I know Buki was the MVP. He was special. He's, yeah. always, he's always special. It doesn't surprise me. I don't know why you throw at that guy. It just <laughs> doesn't make much sense. No. But, uh, I want to shout out the. The backup quarterback oh, yeah. for Centennial. The guy came in, uh, kind of what a, you know, played with his heart, undermanned, overmatched, comes in, kind of throwing and running and running the offense, takes a big hit from both sides, front yeah. side and back side. Um, heard he got out of the hospital that night, walked out, he's okay. So I want to shout out my guy. Um, I think his name is Allah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Allah? Yeah. Um, just want to shout you out, big fella. Hope you're doing well. A lot of hats off to you. A lot of respect. I know you came out there trying to lead your team. And a just shout out to the Centennial squad, man. They play with great discipline, great heart, great character. I, I really appreciate that as a yeah, former ball yeah. coach. I got, I got some guys from Centennial. Like Drake Jackson, that, that whole D-line, you know, is, is going to be good. Drake's just an underclassman. And, yeah. and, and they got after him. I mean, they, they, had did. A, they had a If you had a normal Centennial offense, yeah. That defense would have been even better. They were on the field way more. I think Centennial was probably on the field defensively more in that game than probably in the last year combined. Because usually, you know, the Centennial offense is on the field so much. But Centennial's defense really stepped up and running the ball. You know, we kind of wonder, okay, who's the running back that's going to step up this year? Thomas Kinslow, 134 yards rushing and touchdown, and they were tough yards. Oh, yeah. I mean, I liked him. those IMG guys, say what you want, but they hit yeah. like grown men. Yeah. Some of these collisions were ridiculous. And that offensive line... I'll tell you what, man. Solo Vipulu can play for my team any day. Just watching him and the way he interacts, he's an emotional leader for that team. He's in the huddle just getting his guys going, on the sideline getting the guys going. He's getting the defense fired up. And he's 6'3 and 290. He can play. And he's a true center. So I'm a big fan of Solo, not just as a player, but, man, just as a leader and just the way he, he got his guys ready to go. So that's all I got for top player performances. But, uh, man, we got a, we saw a lot of good players this past week. I got a couple out-of-state guys, or really up north, and a little out-of-state. So let's go with uh, the Northern California Nassimi Colvin. <laughs> Nassimi Colvin out of Skyline. Kid went off. 6'3", 200-pound athlete. Went for 375 yards and four touchdowns on 12 carries. That's almost... 20 yards to carry. The guy went berserk. <laughs> so, shout out to Nassimi Coven. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. How about the freshman quarterback Sam Hewitt out of Kennedy Catholic in Washington? 400 yards in his debut. It's a Hewitt. Another Hewitt. Another Hewitt. Yep. Okay, Damian Hewitt's son. Big time player. He's a freshman. Had a big time first game. How about receiver Junior Alexander? I believe he's also out of Kennedy Catholic. He's he's Hewitt's uh, receiver. 11 catches, 204, and a touchdown. So big game for him, Junior Alexander. Justin Sieber. Justin Sieber. Um, he is also from the Pacific Northwest. 
Don't have his high school down here, but he was 20 of 29. He's a quarterback. 430 yards, seven touchdowns. Have a game, Mr. Sieber. I see you out there doing your thing. Corbin Walker out of Hazen High School in the Pacific Northwest in the Washington area. 16 catches, 195, and four touchdowns. He went Odell Beckham, Jerry Rice, and Randy Moss in one game. <laughs> Last but not least, Zach Lewis, Eastside High School, a quarterback, 30 of 47, 437 yards, and four touchdowns. Eastside High School's quarterback, Zach Lewis, and that does it for my top performance, Greg. That's a great list, man. You got a sleeper for us this week? You know what? I do got a sleeper. Let's hear who the sleeper um, is. Listen, going to the Gorman Modern Day game, terrific atmosphere, very festive, a lot of fans. A lot of fans. A lot of really good energy. Two great teams with unbelievable talent on both sides. But, man, was I shocked and awed by Cedric Tillman, the Bishop Gorman wide receiver, number four. I thought he was fantastic. Not only because of his production, I just thought his skills and ability and talent totally translate to the Pac-12. About six one and a half, six two, long, speedy, very bouncy off the ground. So I'm get up and catch a deep out route, way about twelve feet in the air above his head. Being on ground level, you get a chance to appreciate how great of an athlete this kid really was. Soft hands, could run away from the defense, was tough, break tackles after the catch, run over a couple guys. Cedric Tillman, my sleeper of the week, presented by Sit and Sleep. My man Larry Miller, Larry, over there at Sit and Sleep. That Shout was out terrible. to those guys. Terrible. Was that terrible? I, I wasn't. Uh, we got to work on that. We got to work on it. <laughs> sit and sleep. We appreciate you. Appreciate you, sit and but sleep. But Cedric Tillman, man, he really opened my eyes. I know he's got one offer, Greg, you said from UNLV. UNLV, but man, he's Pac-12, you this said, right? This guy's a Pac-12 player. There's no question in my mind. I guarantee he will have Pac-12 offers before the season's over with. The kid's talent is big time. He's a player. So shout out to him. Shout out to the Gorman football team for coming up. Southern California and playing a really tough game. Moving right along, we got our top games recap, Let's GB. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to hold Modern Day Gorman for last. Oh, yeah. We're going to hold Centennial IMG. Let's jump right in with Paraclete and Helix. I yep. was at this game. came a little late because traffic absolutely dominated me. But this is a game I picked, I picked Helix to win, and I thought they were going to just be a little too big. But, man, Dean Harrington can just flat-out coach. Odd game. It was 0-0 at halftime. I know you picked Paraclete, said it was going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. But Paraclete defensively was impressive. I mean, it was a bunch of... Helix offensive line had some dudes, like 270, 280, 300-pound guys. And those smaller Paraclete guys were hitting them first, getting off the ball, making plays. Brevin White came through in the second half. Andre Hunt caught a touchdown. 23-6 to was the final score. And Paraclete looked really good. And you know they're going to be able to score... But I, I loved watching their defense get after them. They're so well coached, and they hit, and they always play physical. And you know, I don't think people gave the Harrington brothers back in the day at heart enough credit for their defense. The people talked about, you know, guys like Matt Moore and Kyle Bowler, and on on and on. But they always played tough, physical, scrappy defense. So Paraclete stepped up and got that big win over Helix, the number one team in San Diego, twenty-three to six. Congrats to Paraclete Spirits. Hey, listen, state champions last year, yeah, correct? Hundred percent. Dean Harrington, we know his pedigree. They've got players. They've got good talent. And impressive. Impressive defensive performance 
Paraclete known for their offense. Their defense kind of mm-hmm. pitching out a shutout in the first half, only giving up six. We know the type of great athletes Helix has. It's and uh, Rashad Scott and those guys. Nice job by Pericles going out there getting a W at the Honor Bowl. Yeah, and it was so hot. That was the first game of the day, and it, I bet it was 110. I mentioned Sarah Punoho game was, you know, those Punoho guys, they're used to a little bit of heat in Hawaii. They were cramping up like crazy in that game. The yeah. game before this one, Pericles, he looks even hotter. But those guys got it out. How about Oaks Christian took down Edison 24-19. I, I cannot confirm or deny that every Oaks kid had a picture of Keith Miller with the X through it, and they put it in their helmet. I can't confirm or deny that, but these guys are ready to go, Coach. They came after those Chargers 24-19. to I said, I want to see Zach Charbonnet have a good game and run the football, be physical. He did 100-plus yards, two touchdowns. You mentioned Bryce Farrell already. He had a big-time game with the 183. The defense got after those Chargers a little bit. I'm a big fan of Edison football. Josh Calvert played really well, so... Oaks Christian, nice little rally for those guys being Edison. You know, Greg, one of my many strengths, many strengths, huh? when I was a coach, was the ability to inspire and motivate the dead to rise again. Hopefully, that what you did. My speech from last <laughs> week, from last week, hopefully it encouraged, hopefully it inspired and lit a fire under the tails of the Oaks Christian defense. Seems like it did. They gave up only 19 points, Greg. So shout out to those guys for bouncing back, putting up, putting a good effort out there against Edison and uh, coming up with a W, holding the Chargers to 19 points. And, of course, their outstanding quarterback, Griffin O'Connor. So shout out to Oaks Christian's Lions for bouncing back from that disastrous first game. It was kind of cool that the banner that the Chillers hold up that the team runs through, that had a picture of you on it, too. I like it. So those guys, man, they were ready. They, they saw Keith all over the place. They were ready to go. How about Servite taking down American Fork yep. from Utah, 38-28. to 28. I'm surprised they gave up that many points. I, I think Servite, a little, little sloppy at times, but offensively, man, they're running that centennial-type offense. Servite looking very good right now. I know you've been a big fan of theirs all season long, so Servite is definitely going to compete in that Trinity League. Yeah, from what I understand, Greg, Servite jumped out really quickly. Very from quickly. what I understand, it was 31-7 to in the fourth quarter. American Four kind of put some lipstick on yeah. an ugly pig, yeah. like, you, like you've said once before. Kind of made it look good. I really like Servite. They went out and got the job done against American Fork. I expect Servite to you know, really compete in a big-time game this upcoming week. We had kind of a squeaker. This was a, this kind of was, was a surprise for me. Ranch, Rancho Cucamonga uh, beat Narco 20 to 21. Narco was playing without Travis Dye, their talented running back. It was a one touchdown game in 20 to 21. It was close throughout. Uh, you know they completely shut down. Norco did the Rancho running game. Sean Dollars held to under 100 yards. But you know what? They have just so much skill and athleticism. Talking to a buddy of mine who's over at Norco, they say you know what? They just have one or two guys who just made a play and you know if you're a superstar athlete you just toss a guy a little screen pass he goes 60 yards you can't defend that if their guy is just that much better than your guy you can kind of contain 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 but you never know right it's like soccer Messi, you can contain him boom goes 60 yards and scores a goal and game's over yep and that's what happened norco though they, they played really tough they have a brutal non-league schedule but hopefully travis die was an, it was a little bit of an ankle injury that he turned early in the week in practice hopefully he comes back soon i think they have a bye this week yeah so get healthy travis die keep working norco and rancho cucamonga rolls to 2-0 and uh they, they stay as one of my top 10 teams in the southern section so 
that was a fun game to watch, I would imagine. Sean Dollars being held under 100 yards, that's pretty surprising. I don't If he was playing for me, he wouldn't be getting held under 100 yards. I have to tell you that. How many carries did he have? He needs about 40 carries a game. And, man, he had enough. He had enough carries. That Norco defense, man. Norco defense, they, they huh? Were, they were rough. Shout out to my guy, Tony Dye, who I believe is the... Uh, I don't think he's, he's the DC. He's not, I, I don't think he's the more? DC anymore. No, okay. I'm not sure who the new one is, but I heard I heard he was not there anymore. But okay. uh, yeah, Norco, they have some players. You know, they, yeah, they, no, they're a always team. a physical yeah. group. There's yeah. no question about that. So we had Orange Lou playing the defending undefeated state champion Cathedral Catholic team in the Honor Bowl. Who's a little down this year. A little down this year, but the defending undefeated state champions... And they stoned them 37-0. to zero. That's their second straight shutout. For me, I knew they'd be really, really good at the skill positions. The JoJo's, plural, Forrest and Hawkins, Ryan Helensky, Kyle Ford. But defensively, I, I wanted to say, okay, you got to be tough up front to man up in the Trinity League. Right. I want to see that up front, how big and tough and physical. Can you, I mean, not big. You don't need to be big to be physical. But I just wanted to see you be tough up front. Sure. But they're getting it done, man. They're playing hard, attack-style defense. Offensively, they're putting points up on the board, and man, Orange Lou, again, they're going to be a factor in that Trinity League for sure. Well, you know, two things stand out in terms of defense, Greg. On good defensive teams, there's going to be two main focuses, right? Guys that can run and run to the football fast, and guys that can be physical at the point of a at the point of attack, right, or the point of contact. Mm-hmm. Whether you're O line, D line, at the point of contact can we be physical and stone the other group and then can we run to the football and can we get there when we get there can we be very physical with the guy who has the ball it sounds like orange lutheran has that type of deal going for them gonna be very very interesting to watch them in the trinity league this year with the group of talent that they have created and structured on this roster yep absolutely Sarah Punaho, another honor ball game that I had the pleasure to be. We kind of touched upon that a lot already, but Punaho won that one. I don't know if I ever gave out a final score for that one. 56 to 42. One of the kind of a it was a fun game. It was a peculiar game. It was just a, you saw everything in this game. Uh, Punaho was up at halftime, uh, and those guys literally Punaho was cramping the whole entire second half. Sarah came out. They looked fresh. Scored three and out. Scored three and out. Drove the field. So now you're up by seven, right? get to the three-yard line and got stuffed, miss a field goal. All of a sudden, Punahou, who was cramping and couldn't get anything done, drives the field and scores. And from then, it was a track meet. It was back and forth, back and forth. Neither team could stop the other. We had my guy Kafusi going off. You had Addison making plays. You had Blaze making throws down the field. Kobe was making plays. Jay, I mean, they were running the ball effectively as well. Maybe could have run the ball a little bit more if you were Sarah, just because that was working. But it was a, it ended up being a, a really fun game at the end. Puno scored late with Kafusi on a long third down play, just third and third and long at about the 18-yard line, and he took it, boom, right up, shot the gut, and, and scored. Sarah drives the field. They're down by a touchdown. Blaze throws a, you know, kind of a, a 50-50 ball, which, dude, I credit him, you know, Make a play. Let your receiver make a play. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, that was picked off. And then we talked about the 99. The next play was 99-yard touchdown scamper on the quarterback sneak slash quarterback draw. So if you're Sarah, I think you're disappointed. You know, I think this is the – they're talking to, you know, Merlin's dad. He said, you know what, Merlin's 0-4 in honorable games. He was a freshman starter, so right. they haven't won an honorable. They started 0-3 last year. Now they're 0-2 this year. You know, the offense got going at least, you know, if you want to try to find – you know, uh, a good note to come out of that game. 
but the defense now has got to kind of tie together. And so, Sarah, again, the, the, the pieces are there. You know, last year we said the same thing. What's wrong with Sarah? And they ran through the Mission League and won that league. Yeah. So, hopefully it happens again where they can rally and, and get things going. But uh, right now, Sarah once again starts off 0 for 2. Tough thought. Tough, tough. Tough, 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 tough. Yeah, loss. you know, I think momentum momentum is trending in the wrong direction for Sarah. I kind of saw this coming, as I said last week. You just didn't see the rhythm as a team. You just don't. You just don't feel it. You don't see it. And for the defense to come out and play that way, and the offense to respond positively against a Punahou team who's traveling on a plane to come play an honor bowl, and they're cramping up, and all their kids are, you know, taking IVs at halftime. <laughs> Tough shout loss. out to the Punahou parents, though, dude. No joke. They outnumbered the Sarah parents two to one. Two to one. Last I checked, it's an hour and a half drive from Gardena, and it's about a six hour, five hour flight from Hawaii. Dude, Punahou's whole sideline was packed. Yeah. They had banners, they had little noisemakers, they had drums, they were banging. It was awesome. And was, I heard that, Greg. I it was heard so that. cool. It was yeah. so cool. It's that Aloha spirit, baby. That's interesting. What's it's man. all about. What do we got next? We got Mission Viejo. And again, Vista Marietta, yes, they're down, but it's a proud program, right? Sure. They they compete for t- championships every year. It seems like forty-one to seven. Yeah, they do that to them every year. Mission Viejo is just really good. Uh, they don't again. You can't find a weakness in their game. You know, Joey Yellen. Maybe the only weakness they have is his inexperience, but he's coming. He's coming together really nicely. He threw for four touchdowns. Jamari Farrell, a junior running back, had one fifty-nine and two touchdowns. Christian Laval, the ASU linebacker, commit, interception, and also a touchdown as a tight end. Yet Austin Osborne and Elijah Griffin both had long touchdown catches and runs. I mean, they got they got dudes everywhere. Offensive line was really strong as it always is. So mission, uh, they're going to be. I mean, mark it on your calendar. Not this week, but next week. Long Beach Poly. There it is. Mission Viejo. That's the game I'm going to be at for sure. Yeah, no question. So Vincent Murata got to get together. They have some players, but again. Um, a little bit of a, a down. I don't want to say a down year. Maybe that, maybe that game was an aberration. We'll see because I think Mission's good. But uh, if you're the Diablo, there's a lot to like about that team right now. Yeah, you know, they just have talent on levels. Whenever you have talent on levels, Greg, you got a chance to be really, really good. Yeah. Looking forward to that Long Beach Poly matchup in two weeks. I know Poly's got a bye this week. Mission Viejo, really good team, really good coaches. And uh, they're going to be there in the end. Uh, like I said, I think if, if Chaminade's four in that division, I think Mission Viejo is four A. It's going to be a battle in that Pac-5, you know, when the, when the chips are down. No, no question about it. Let's move along. Speaking of Pauly, they took down, and again, I talked to a, a million people, watched a little huddle video, shout out to my guys under the radar, put a little sweet little video together as well. Long Beach Pauly took down Narbonne 14-10, a game that was 0-0 at the half. I mean, it was just a hard-hitting game. Again, talking to coaches from both sides. They couldn't say enough about how physical the game was on both sides. I mean, just our guys were tough and physical. You know what? They kept saying, you know what? Those guys, they were hitting too. So I said it was going to be a violent, bloody game. And, you know, Jamar Jefferson from Narbonne had over 100 yards rushing. And look, again, watching some of, those, some of the runs he had, man, this guy was good. And Paulie got going, this guy is legit. Problem was, that was his first game back, and he got gassed. So I think yeah. he had 20 carries. Uh, they said ideally they would have loved to have seen him get 30 carries. Yeah. But he just first game back. and Sure. Difference between practice conditioning and game conditioning. Whole lot, whole coach. lot different, right? So yep. he got a little gas. They couldn't get the couldn't get the running uh, the passing game going at Narbonne, and then you know again, Polly was shut out at the half. Matt Corral threw for 59 yards in the first half, uh, 154 and two tubs in the second half. So Matt got going. 
Darius Krieger with the game-winning touchdown catch. Yeah, Darius had over 100 yards the game before, so I'm yeah. to shout him out. Darius Krieger, nice job defensively. I think they had, again, a couple picks, and Polly's defense is rising up. Mentioned Jermaine Lole, yeah. Aaron Frost in the middle, kind of holding it down as a big 290. Uh, they don't have a ton of depth, that Polly. Nope. So as the year goes on, Potentially, there's nobody in that league that's gonna that's gonna contest them. But attrition. But attrition. So by the time they get to that, you know, that pack five, hopefully they're they're healthy. Sure. Because right now they're showing that man for man they can play with anybody, but they just can't get guys injured. Right. So, but a huge win again. They lost Narbon last year. That's just a fun rivalry. They don't think that they don't they don't like each other very much at all. Yeah. So for Polly to win that one, just a hard-hitting battle, 14-10, to 10, a slugfest. Yeah, yeah, it's a good win for the Jackrabbits. Yeah, yeah, I, li- I like to hear those types of stories. I like to see a physical matchup. I like to see guys getting after each other. I think Jermaine Lole brings a dynamic pass rush presence and also a dy- dynamic run stopper with his quickness and his first step off the line of scrimmage. He's going to add something really, really special to that Polly defense, which already boasts a ton of terrific athletes on the back end. Matt Corral struggled in the first half, and that's and that's always been my thing with Matt. Consistency. Glad to see back. He bounced back in the second half, made some plays, threw for 150 in a in a tub or two. It's a nice, nice win for Polly versus a Narbon team who's now um, coming up on the end of their preseason, which they schedule a very mm-hmm. difficult preseason every year. Oh yeah, which is totally going to have them prepare for city football. I think they got Bosco in a few weeks. I mean, they, they schedule. Yeah, they schedule. They're playing St. Louis, so Hawaii, yeah. who's a Hawaiian power. So Manny Douglas isn't messing around. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But uh, no, shout out to Polly, Jalen Hall. Also had another another nice game for Jalen. So he's he's really kind of finding a home over at Polly. About Centennial IMG. If you're a West Coast guy, uh, you're kind of probably disappointed in, in this outcome, 40-20 to 20 for IMG. And not just that they lost to an IMG team that was loaded at every spot, but just the fact that you don't feel like you saw Centennial's best because their best player, Tanner McKee, got hurt in the fourth, uh, first quarter, middle of the first quarter. And at that time, he just felt like he was on, the tr- on track to have a big game, and so was that offense. And the defense played lights out all game long. 40 to 20. So credit IMG for getting that done. Their their best players played very good. But man, Centennial, what could have been? Yeah. Had our guy Tanner. Uh told me on the drive here he's got his MRI later today. Yeah. So we'll probably find out the results on on Wednesday when this goes uh when this thing gets released. But he's he's hopeful. It's not an Achilles tendon. He said it's, you know, it's an ankle, so hopefully there's nothing broken or fractured and if sure. not, he said he he's feels like he'll be ready to go. Tough kid. Talented kid. Uh, he tried to get back in there, man. I was five feet from him, man. He tried to tape that thing with yeah. so much tape. It looked like he was wearing a snow boot. Right, right. He couldn't take a drop. Literally could not take a drop. And in that offense, you need your quarterback to kind of move around a little bit. With that, with those defensive linemen at IMG, he would have been a sitting duck. Tanner McKee was on his way to a huge game, Greg. Yeah. And just being, and I watched the game from home. Their zone reconcept was 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 about to get off. Tanner hit the clear. He's about to turn on his, his Tanner speed, and he just crumbled to the ground. Um, I know Tanner, Tanner thought he was going to score that play. Yeah. He got hurt. I had a good inclination he was going to score. It didn't look like many was, many people was in front of him, and we know Tanner can run, especially out in the open field. I felt like, ugh. 
We talked about it on the last show, Greg. Hey, Tanner. Don't get don't hurt. Get hurt. Yeah. And it's exactly what happened. And when it happened, I felt terrible. Shout out to, again, the Centennial team for going out there, playing hard, finishing. I just wish, like you said, they were at their best. I think they would have popped IMG. I really do believe that. I mean, and again, credit the backup quarterbacks. Mentioned Allah. Yeah. McCalla, I think was his last name. And they, he got hurt, went to the third guy. IMG completely changed their defense. I mean, they had the whole entire Attacking, team yeah. literally a yard from the line of scrimmage. Right. And just you're watching it going, okay, if Tanner was playing, you could just see some little things they could have taken advantage of. Yep. The thing that was impressive, and people could say, oh, they give it 40 points. They It wasn't really like that, though. There was a lot of short fields. Yeah. Uh, some of those drives. Pick six. Some of those pick six. Yeah. Some of those drives were 20 yards long, and then they had the two Trey Sanders touchdowns. Those were both late in the fourth quarter when, I mean, at that point in time, man, the Centennial was, was dead. Their defense they, was gassed. And they gave it all they got. Yeah. That's probably the most courageous team you're ever going to see. Right. Um, I like their defense, Greg. Much better. Much better than the last couple years. Big number 44. I don't know what his name was, and, and, and that's my fault for not knowing, but I thought he was aggressive. I thought that he were he was knocking the IMG big boys back off the ball. I thought Jake Drax, Jake Jackson coming off Drake the edge. Drake was solid. I thought he was pressuring Sitowski, who I wasn't very impressed with, Greg, <laughs> at all. You know, he's a guy who literally tries to throw everything 100 miles an hour, and he he, he he brushes everything. Like, when he's got a clean pocket, he's going 100 miles an hour. He threw two beautiful balls, the two touchdowns, the yeah. high tower one and then the, the seam route were just beautiful. Yeah. But everything else, he just... He just he needs to slow himself down. Pace slow your throws. Down. Tempo your throws, big just fella. Slow yourself down, man. But you know, shout out, shout out to the Centennial kids. Uh, I can really appreciate guys laying their hearts out on the line for their teammates and their school and their coaches. And they came out and they played physical. They played fast. They played aggressive. Yeah, big forty-four was Micah Gray. So give him some love, Micah Mike, Gray. Micah number Gray, number yeah. forty-four, six-four, two-sixty, senior. Yeah, he was physical, man. He was coming off the ball and run support. He was very physical at the line of scrimmage, no doubt. I think college recruiters going to give that guy a nice long look before the season's over with. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, and our game, that well, you know what? I didn't see this because it was the Thursday game. But congrats to Shamanad who took down a, a, an always good Mountain Point team. Shamanad moves to 2-0, and and that was another game that my guy Blair was at. It seemed like Shamanad was in control. Mount Point kind of made it closer than probably the score indicated, but we talked about the, the individual players and, and uh, already. So, uh, But Mount Point, for those who don't know much about Arizona football, Mount Point is a perennial top-five team in that state of Arizona. They're always big up front. Uh, they're good, and, and Shamanad just, just, was just better. They, you know, balanced and... You know, and it wasn't a perfect game. I know Stevens threw a couple picks. I think one of them might have been a pick six. But you know what? They they toughed it out. They rallied. They played strong up front, both sides of the line. Van Buren, you know, we need to get him a nickname. He had the four touchdowns. So uh, Shamanad took down Mountain Point. And if you got some you got some thoughts on that, otherwise we can go right to modern day. Yeah, just a Bishop quick thought. Game. Michael Wilson, I thought, was a difference maker. I heard he got vertical for six, and he was a real matchup problem on the outside. I really, really like him as a football player. I think he's he's kind of underspoken of or maybe underrated by people nationally, but the guy's a big-time player. I know he's a Stanford commit. Yeah. Really like him with his size and speed and his playmaking ability on the outside. So let's move along yeah, to our game Yeah, without further ado, how about yeah. a 35-21 to 21 win for Modern Day? And again, I think that kind of surprised a lot of people. Um, I picked Modern Day, but I, I think that the surprise wasn't the fact that they won it. It was just the score, like I said earlier about 
you know, about the Samurai game, the score did indicate how dominant modern day really was. And just being on the sideline like we both were and just seeing the discrepancy and just the physical physical size the stature sure. and athleticism usually you, you look at Gorman and you just see guys everywhere and I, I defensively I saw you know Adam Platt looks like a college player yep. we love EA right Gautiote offensively Jacob Asaya looks like a college guy yep Brevin Jordan is special DTR's next level Mention the receivers, yeah. but just you're watching that game, you're going, man, that just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of guys that scare you. Yeah. And then you looked at modern day, and they had 90 guys, maybe 100 guys there, all in their red, with just athletes running around. Defensively, they probably hit Dorian 40 times, maybe more because he was running. Yeah. 40 times. Their secondary was fast, athletic. Their linebackers were flying all over the ball. Mace Funa, I go, what do you play? After that, after the game, I was like, "What? How are they using you?" So he's all, "I'm a linebacker on first and second down. On third down, they move me up to the line of scrimmage. And I get after the quarterback." Yeah. Nathan Lagaleo, five eleven, with heels on. on a good day. Yeah. Two forty. He probably had five six hits on Doran Easy. No, he was a baller. I mean, just and then offensively, that I think JT got hit one time. Yeah. Just once, and they were blitzing. There, I mean, Gorman schemes really well, and that's a college level coaching staff in terms of how they scheme and prepare. And that offensive line again, I want to call him out by name because no one ever gives out any love to offensive linemen. But sure. Mason Kolinchek, Tommy Brown, Chris Murray, Miles Moreau, Koa Gonzalez, those five guys were a stone wall that whole entire time. They were able to run the ball. Jacoby Harper had 100 plus yards. I mean, dude, modern day. They didn't even have Amon Ross St. Brown, who's an absolute difference maker. CJ Parks was about 70%. He yeah. dropped a couple. He never drops balls. He dropped two or three balls. And finally, I think he tapped, not tapped out. He think they took him out because his ankle was bothering him. So they have Brew McCoy and Nico Remigio as their two go-to guys and both stepped up huge. I mean, it was just a total team win for modern day. Man, I got so many different points I want to make. Let me, let me start off by saying this. Modern day looked like an old Long Beach Poly team. They had athletes all over the place. It was like a modern day I had never seen before. Yeah. It was not your 1985 modern day team. This was a new breed of modern day football player. They had kids that were big and fast. Very, very impressive. Just overall team size and talent. Extremely impressive. I challenge anybody... That says that they have more talent than modern day. Modern day is the most talented team in the country. Bar none. Bosco, modern day, you probably could flip a coin, but geez, modern day was loaded. Mm. Secondly, offensive and defensive lines, dominant. Being on ground level, I'm watching Gorman try to run quarterback counters. Guards and tackles are pulling the kick out, and they're getting stoned at the line of scrimmage. I mean, blasted. <laughs> and the running quarterback DTR, he can get about a yard, and then he's getting ear holed. Offensive line, I saw them have a radar on Pally EA. They knew where he was, where he was going, and they had somebody stepping in front of him with their big wide body, elbows in and down, thumbs up, locked out. He couldn't sniff the backfield. I feel a little embarrassed by my next comment. I did not know 
Greg Biggins about Brew McCoy. Now, I knew about Brew McCoy, saw him in eighth grade, thought he was going to be special. Didn't get to see him his sophomore year because he had got hurt. I didn't really see modern day play much. So I really hadn't seen him in live action since eighth grade. What an eye-opener. He was the best player on the field, and it was not close for me. He was the epitome of special. Offensively, he looked like Julio Jones. He was an explosive vertical threat who was difficult after the catch to tackle with tremendous acceleration with the football in his hands. Defensively, he was like Von Miller. He was off the edge with tremendous size and speed and length and great moves. He put an inside spin move on somebody that was totally NFL ready. He was relentless. He played with unbelievable energy and effort and intensity. Brew McCoy, let me shout you out, big dog. Let me, let me take my cap off. You were the star of stars. You were spectacular. I was blown away by how good you played, which virtually says how good you are. Your ranking as the number one athlete in the country is well-deserved. I was blown away. Thank you for that. I'll take, we'll take credit for that at scout.com. No question. No, I mean, I, I co-signed with all that. And, and not just Brew. Brew wasn't just hurt for, for part of the last season. He, he, he think he played about, I think he played maybe 10 or 11 games, but he okay. was hurt all offseason. He, he dislocated his shoulder, I want to say once or twice. Okay. He hurt the shoulder twice, so he missed all of the offseason. So he's only played, you know, shoot, a couple games this year. He just, I mean, yeah, he was unreal. He, he was, was a physical mismatch. He was a mi- on both sides of the ball against Gorman. Against Gorman, not, not against you know Long Beach Cabrillo. We talking about against Gorman. Yeah, and he would man. He was special, man. I've never seen a Gorman team. It was like watching Bosco last year against De La Salle, where I've never seen a De La Salle team get punched in the mouth and just physically manhandled like that up front. I've never seen a Gorman team that just looked physically overmatched. overmatched. Yeah, the score was thirty-five to twenty-one, but the reality was. I mean, it could have been a lot worse than that. I mean, Modley on their opening possession, fumbling the two-yard line. Sure. They're dominating. DTR hits Tillman for 80 at the very end of the first half. That was the only thing. They, it could have easily been 21-0 to zero at halftime. Yeah. And then it just, you know, it was a game that I, I thought was going to be close. But once I got down the sideline and started, kind of saw the discrepancy in athleticism, I mean, dude, just athletes – their second, Elias Ricks, is kind of moving into the slot and covering guys at 6-2 and locking guys up. Yet Alafazio made so many plays and tackles. Yeah. The guy's a physical tackler. These are all sophomores, too. Darian Green-Warren with the pick six and, and looking really good in coverage. I mean, did you mention, you know, Jack Genova, who's always in the right spot. Yeah. Selvin Tulapupu. I mean, they just have guys upon guys, and they weren't even help, they weren't even 100% for that game, which is the crazy part. So they're going to get better. You know, up front, we mentioned you know last year Bosco punched him in the mouth. Yeah. This year they're a lot bigger, and, and I think uh, for some reason Modern Day for maybe just for a year, but people were questioning Modern Day's. I don't know if it was their heart or their passion or if they have guts or if they're just if they're soft. And I'm saying you're nuts to question a Modern Day. Not you. I'm saying you. Yeah. In general. Yeah. 
This is Bruce Rawlinson. Right. This is modern day. Rock and roll. You got a team, a son who plays U6 football. Yeah. If you played against those six-year-olds, could they tackle you? No. Is that because they're soft or because they're twice as big and strong? That's what it was. That's what Bosco de la Salle was. That's what modern day. It wasn't that modern day was soft. It's just Bosco was much bigger, stronger, better. Right. That doesn't make you a soft player if the guy in front of you is bigger bigger and better. You try your hardest. You can't get it done. Is modern day bigger and more physical than Bosco this year, Greg Adams. See, that's what I can't wait to see. I, I can't no, I wait want you to, to see that. I want you that. to first guess it. Oh, I don't know. It's hard for me to... I want to see Bosco versus Chaminade. Then we'll, then we'll guess that. Yeah. See, the thing was, with my, it's not a concern or a, a question mark, but with that Marty offensive line, who I love, I still want to see them control a game running the football. I think that's where you get your physicality from. I think every O-lineman dreams about just these eight to ten-minute drives. We were running four yards, eight yards, ten yards. You don't always want to be out in pass protection. I think right now that identity for that O-lineman, that, that O-line that's, that's a great O-line, yeah. is still more as pass protectors. Against Bosco, that will be a much bigger test for them. Big-time test. Sure. Because Bosco, those guys are big up front. They're physical. They play angry. They're well-coached. I mean, St. Thomas had 75 total yards against that Bosco defensive front. So yeah. it's going to be a battle I, I want to see, can Marde run the football against Bosco? It depends on what Marde shows. Last year, remember, Mar- Bosco showed a two-man front in that in that first game. Sure. And Bosco was able to finally run against that when they tried to, when they decided they wanted to in the second half. And that's when they kind of pulled away a little bit. Not pulled away, but they were able to go and get that win. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, Bosco's going to try to run the ball against them. Yeah. Marde's bigger than they were last year, but can they step up and... I mean, it's gonna, there's so many variables. It, it's, it's score is going to determine yeah. the, the style of the game. Um, how often does Marde have the ball and how long can they drive it will determine the style of the game. Sure. If it's Bosco controlling clock and running it, eventually that wears you down. So we'll see. I, and, and I think We're you're getting right. way ahead of I, ourselves I, yeah, right now. I think you're right. The Chaminade game is going to tell us a lot because, yeah. you know. I think it's closer than what the experts think. <laughs> Chaminade, by all means, is 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 not a pushover. They're gonna come ready to play. Van Buren, he's gonna be tracking downhill with three guys in front of him. You know that defense is gonna get after people. So it'll be interesting this week with Bosco. Friday preview, preview show, yeah, baby. Friday listen, preview listen show. For that so, one. so that'd be good. That'd be a good game. So um, we want to move this thing along, getting ready to wrap this baby up. Got a really bruh segment. Oh, come on, man, for real, really bruh. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now look at those that didn't quite live up to the hype. I'm going to really, bruh, the Sarah High defense. (laughs) And the parents. For not going to the game? First, let's talk about the Sarah High School defense. Punahou comes from a six-hour flight. They're dehydrated. They're cramping up. Sarah's defense gives up over 500 yards of total offense. A Sarah defense with great athletes, two All-Americans on it, and they give up over 500 yards and 40-some-odd points. And they let a six foot three, 250-pound quarterback rumble 100 yards on a quarterback sneak. Really, bruh? <laughs> Sarah... This is a proud, proud program. One that I graduated from. 
we have got to do better defensively. We've got to put together a complete game on offense and defense. How do we let a 300-pound quarterback run 80 yards or 100 yards for a touchdown? How's that happen? Like, it's not three. Come on, man. What did I say? You, what just, did I you, say? Just, get, you just added 70 pounds okay, to the poor I'm kid. Okay, I'm sorry. 235. Parents are probably going, I'm going to get this kind of diet. Guys come out for being 235. Okay. Sarah Parents. Punahou parents come from six hours away. They're beating on drums. They're jumping on top of bleachers. They're yelling and screaming, and they outnumber us two to one. Really, bruh? We've got to do better, Sarah parents. San Diego's an hour and a half away. Get in your car. Make your drive. Support the team. Parents, student body, friends of the family, the kids need your support. Let's get out there and show them the love. We can't let quarterbacks run for 100 yards on one play. Offense go for 500, and their parents outnumber us 2-1. to one. Really, bruh? Get it together. Moving right along. Previewing I, upcoming I, I will say this for Sarah. Go ahead. The drum line was on point. Oh, they had the drum cracking. The drum line was cracking for okay. sure. I, I, that, was, that, was, that was nice. That's, okay. That's, I'm good with that. You, you're still on my really bruh segment, but let's <laughs> move along. Previewing upcoming games, Greg. What do we got coming up this week? We're going to spend a lot of time on St. John Bosco, Chaminade. We also have Servite Roosevelt, which is a really intriguing game for oh, me. Yeah. Oaks Christian Paraclete is now pretty intriguing. Uh, Mission Viejo La Habra. Just a few of the games we'll get to, so it uh, should be another great week of football. Oh, yeah. Friday preview show. Don't miss that. Wrapping this baby up. My man GB's got some final thoughts. You know, t- time I'm going to save that. You gonna say I'm that? gonna say my final next next week. I got some final thoughts. It's okay. gonna I'll give you I'll give you a hint what it's about. It's about rankings, offers, and why it's not always about your high school performance. So when you see young Johnny who's five nine throw for four hundred yards, you don't understand why he's not getting offers. And maybe this other guy who's six three and his name's you know Matt Corral's got more. And don't come at me and say, well, he threw for more yards, therefore he's better. Your rankings are wrong. It's not always about that. That's just a little preview, but we'll expand on that next week. A little bit next week. we got to wrap this baby up. Social media drafts. You can follow me on Twitter, Coach Keith underscore MP. Follow my man Greg Beggins, at Greg Beggins. You can follow our show's Twitter, TransTruth92 on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram, TransTruth. Excuse me, the Transparent Truth Show. Without further ado, we're going to bring this baby to a close. Thanks for rocking with us. We had a great time. You're listening for our preview show on Friday. We're going to do it big for you. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name is Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.